This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. I think what we need to do first is we need to pray because these are big verses and I'm not possibly ever going to do them justice in a short space of time. We're just going to skim the top if you like but let's just pray and let's just ask the Lord that he might open our hearts and our minds and we might just be ready to receive all that he's got for us this morning. Heavenly Father we just want to thank you that we are a people that you love enough to send your precious son for. Father, we thank you that we, as we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, are saved, we're redeemed. Father, simply we're set free. And that's all because of the cross this morning. And we just want to lift your name high. We just want to thank you for your word. And Father, for the truth that it speaks into our hearts and into our lives. Lord, that you might just open up our hearts and our minds this morning, that we might just be ready to receive all that you've got to say to us. Father, however the situations or circumstances of our life find us this morning, that we might just be able to focus on you. We might be able to focus on life, focus on your words. And that, Lord, that you might just speak into each of our hearts and minds. Lord, that you might use me as a vessel this morning to speak through me. And that hearts and lives might be moved. Father, we just lift your name high. And we thank you again, Father God, for the opportunity that we've got in freedom to come together and to worship you in this way. So bless this time to us now, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' precious name we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Somebody's moved my notes. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 through 9. Um, these are underlined and highlighted in my Bible because they are verses that I go to as often as I can to refresh myself, to give myself some revitalization that says I am saved, redeemed, set free, what it is that I'm going through, whatever that might be at whatever time. I know that the Lord is with me. I know that I don't need to be afraid. Whatever life throws at us, we can be assured of his promises because he does not fail. That's the God we worship. You'll get into going amen, perhaps, at a time when you realize that we worship a God that doesn't fail. I mean, I don't know, but I think that's quite good. I'm pretty sure that's good. So this morning, and this portion of the Bible that we're looking at, isn't a section that you really go through at great speed, but rather it's somewhere where you camp out. But um, I'm hoping that we, uh, this morning, can just glean a little bit from the fact of the, the fact that you and I, as children of the living God, we have a living hope. We have a living hope. And we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We're sons and daughters of the living God. We're sons and daughters of the God who put the stars into space. All of that which blows my mind as regularly as I look up, all of that he put into place and he loves me. And he knows me. And he still loves me. And he calls me his son. 
And Peter here is Jesus' apostle. He's writing to the churches around him, to those who love Jesus. This is who his letter is directed to. And you think, Matthew, you are a theologian. It says it in verse 1 and 2, that uh, Peter, an apostle of Christ Jesus, to God's elect strangers in the world, scattered throughout all of those places. (laughs) That's why we didn't do verse 1. Because I thought somebody might fall out of me if we do Cappadocia. No? And Pontus and Galatia. These are places that you go, yeah. But Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and we've heard about him a few times in the New Testament. He's reminding the churches here and he's reminding you and me today of our hope. Our living hope. Our position because of Jesus. Our position because of Jesus. The promises that they have. The promises that we have. And the letter is telling us today, you and I, that we have a living hope. And Peter is writing to us and saying this morning, Hope Church, Gainsborough. He might not have known about us, but God did. Don't you find that incredible? Just think about that for a moment. Peter was just being obedient. He was penning a letter as the Lord told him what he needed to write. And he was thinking about you and me. God thought about you and me this morning on this date, knowing that this is what we would look at. Knowing that perhaps this morning you need a bit of revitalization. Knowing this morning that I needed to read this and just get that sense of, okay, And this is what God is doing. He's about his business. He always has been and he always will be. And you and I just get to experience that on different levels. At the time when it's necessary. At the place where it's necessary. And in the situation, whatever it might be, we can be assured as we read these words that we worship a God who knows us and loves us and cares about us. Lord will just go and see that chap and try and get him through. So I want to ask you a question this morning. I'm going to grab a drink because it's going to take you a second to think about it. Who's had a hassle-free week? No worries whatsoever. Best week ever. It's a surprisingly low show of hands. It's interesting that, isn't it? Because... Well, I thought, (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong here, but when you ask Jesus into your life, that's it, everything's rosy. No? You see, that's interesting because often we can perceive that that's the case. Oh, it's all right for you. Is it? Now, the truth is that I know that I have the Lord Jesus Christ as my own personal saviour, Because I've trusted him, my faith has said that my saviour walked this earth. My faith has said that he died for my sin. My faith has said that he was sinless. So my sin and death were conquered right there on the cross. And I've asked him into my heart. I've said sorry for the sin in my life. But I promise you that doesn't mean tomorrow's going to be simple. It doesn't mean that the last 20 plus years have been simple. In fact, what it does mean is, at times, it's really difficult. In fact, it's really tough 
to not just say what I think. It's really tough to not just be how I want to be. It's really tough to be polite when I don't really want to be. This all sinking in, yeah? And Peter here is saying that, that we, church, have a living hope. Sure, it's tough. Sure, it's difficult. And we know that in our lives, we don't have those hassle-free moments very often where we're perhaps sat on a beach in the Maldives enjoying the sun and going, yes, never been to the Maldives. I'd like to go. In my head, I've been there a few times. It's beautiful. (laughs) But I do know that those moments are still only very fleeting because life isn't easy. And we understand that we're, uh, on the most part, I guess, as Christians, that everything we see is difficult. We think it should be simple at times, but most of the time it is difficult. And we have to remember that even Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, was taken into the desert after he'd been baptized. And the devil tried to get him into sinning. It was never going to happen. So we know that we're at war in our hearts and in our minds. And as we mentioned on Wednesday evening, that as a people, that's all of us, okay, We'll take the whole world at this point, 7.7 billion or whatever it is. And all those that have gone before us and all those that are going to come after us are exactly the same wiring as you and me that we are desperate to go in the opposite direction to God. And even when we've asked him as our own personal savior and we've put our faith and our trust in him and we've said, Lord, thank you, I love you, I worship you, but not today. And we are desperate to go in the opposite direction. And this is the other truth. That's the truth about you and me. The truth is too about God. Is that he continually, he never stops pursuing us. And that's the God we worship. And this morning, maybe we need that refreshing that says God is pursuing us. He loves us. He cares about us. And we have a living hope, as it says in verse 4. We have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. It's kept in heaven for me, in the perfect place, safe, secure. No moth or rust can destroy it. And that's so relevant. Because the truth too is that we pursue so much and we look for joy in so many different places and it doesn't take long, does it, before the bank balance is not quite as big as you'd hoped it would be. The car's not quite as new as it used to be. Oh, the house is great, but you know, if we just got And it does not take long before the very thing that we pursue, the very thing that we've been pushing for, lets us down. The Bible tells me, as we've read, that I have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. You see, when the Bible tells us that we have a living hope, we have something to look forward to far greater than a nice car. Far greater than a big house. Far greater 
than all of those luxuries that we look for that in this culture become the norm. But there is something far bigger and far greater. But two, I also know in our own personal lives as we pursue life that naturally things come in too. Maybe that be a falling out with somebody and a relationship broken. That can be homes split apart. And that's tough. And that's hard. And I too know that illness comes in and it it breaks us. And sickness and disease are rife. And we can look around us and go, where is my hope? And the verses for us say that I have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade and it's kept in heaven. For me, I have a living hope, steadfast and sure. One day I will see my saviour face to face. Whatever this life throws at us, we can stand firm and know that God is in control. And sure, that might sound like, wow, that is a rosy dream and hope. But church, as we understand and as we look into history and we look at all as the Lord has recorded for us and we see how it played, how it's played out and how it's going to play out, this is hope worth clinging to. This is hope that won't spoil our faith. This is hope that's not going to let you down next week. I noticed, uh, people told me that when I turn 30, you'll start to notice. Three years into that, boy, have I noticed. But you don't think it's ever going to happen, do you? You're all thinking, no, I knew. Now I'm completely the opposite. It's never going to happen. I'll be fine. And all of a sudden it starts taking its toll and it takes you three days to recover from a run instead of one. Most of the time, (laughs) most of the time I'm running away from a lot of things. Ah, panic. And we have to then stop and take stock and say, God, I don't see the joy in this situation, so help me. What does he do in that moment? He draws us to his word. He draws us to share fellowship with like-minded people. He draws us to share in worship with him so that we can just start to bask in the fact that he doesn't spoil our faith, that our inheritance doesn't spoil our faith, that we have a hope that will not fade away. And that's the joy that we have as we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean tomorrow's going to be easy. But it does mean that whatever tomorrow throws at me, the very worst thing that can happen is I see my Savior face to face. Amen? You know, that's a hope. That's a living hope. That's a joy. That is what Peter is talking into as he talks to these churches around about and as he talks to us this morning as the Lord speaks to our hearts. You know, and as you look at this passage of Scripture, as he goes through it, he says about the fact that though in verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. And I find that really interesting because we know, don't we, that Peter walked and talked with the Lord Jesus Christ. The very fact that he got the title apostle was because of that, that he walked and talked with Christ. So he knows 
what it's like to walk with him. He knows what it's like to talk to him. He knows what it's like to learn from him and grow from him. And church, he too knows what it's like to reject him. He too knows exactly what it's like to reject him. What it's like to go in the opposite direction. What it's like to say, I don't know him. Who? No, not me. I don't know Jesus. He knows exactly what it's like. And here he's expressing to you and I this morning that we have something, a faith that's greater worth than, worth than gold. Though we haven't seen him, we love him. And even though we do not see him now, we believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For we're receiving the goal of our faith, the salvation of our souls. And this is what Peter's saying. Look at what you've got. Sometimes we have to grasp it. Sometimes we have to take stock. Sometimes we have to just remember all that he's got for us. And all that does is conjure up in his praise. Or I hope it does. I really hope it does. It conjures up in his praise. And I don't know what position or situation life finds you in this morning. You might think you've got not a great deal to praise about. But the very fact that you've got air in your lungs. That you're able to be here this morning. Whether you've walked here, you've driven here, you've flown here, just in case anybody's got a helicopter or a G6. I don't think you have, but you never know. But whatever that way that you got here, that is because the Lord wanted you here this morning. Don't think it's by accident, ever. Everything is by divine appointment. And you're here this morning listening to the words that Peter wrote some 2,000 years ago, telling the church, telling those that were scattered around about, who had put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that he loves them, that God is for them, not against them, that God has got all this laid out for us, and all we have to do is dig in. It's a guarantee of hope that can't fade or spoil But I also know, because you're like me, that I hear these truths. I listen. I take them on board. And when something comes up that knocks me off my perch, I forget all about it. And then I start pursuing things in the opposite direction. Because that's what's going to make it better. We try and find the best plaster that we can to stem the bleed. But it won't work. I can tell you from experience, and I'm sure you can share with me from your experience, I can share with you from the word, that it will not work. But God, I looked, you weren't there. I asked, I was praying, I couldn't find you, whether you'd gone on holiday, whatever you'd done, but you weren't there. So now I've gone down this route, and to be honest, I'm going to stick with it because I'm sure that this is what I need to be doing. And we pursue, and we run in the opposite direction over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. Let me just read this for you. Because this is what we need to anchor our souls into because otherwise we start to drift. Anybody else like to drift? Oi, if only I could stop. 
Therefore, verse 25 of Matthew chapter 6, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Well, that's a bold claim. This is Jesus talking. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Have you ever thought about that? Are you not much more valuable than they are? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. Beautiful, aren't they? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, not even Megan on Saturday, in all the splendor, will be dressed like one of these. Is that how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire? Will he not much more clothe you? And listen to this, O you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we wear? What shall we eat? What shall we drink? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father, underline this word, knows. He knows what you need. He knows that you need them. Verse 33. So what do we do about it? What do we do about it? Do we go pursuing the answer? Do we go pursuing all these things? Do we go pursuing everything in the opposite direction to God? No. What does Jesus tell us to do? Listen to this. Verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And listen to this. And all these things will be given to you as well. Don't we get that the wrong way around? Anybody else get that the wrong way around? I'm going to pursue all these things and then I'll add God to it. And this morning it strikes me that we're so quick to get it the wrong way around. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Listen to the, the, the depth of understanding here. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Tomorrow's not going to be simple, but seek first God. Seek first his kingdom. How do you know? How do I know that's going to work? Because the Bible tells me it will. Because the Bible tells me it will. And I have to cling to that truth day in, day out, because if I go it alone, it goes wrong real quick. And I know you're exactly the same. Seek first his kingdom. And all those things that we're worrying about, God says, don't worry about them. I know you need them. Underline the no. I know you need them. And they'll be added to you as necessary. That doesn't mean it's going to look like how we pictured it in our head. Yeah? That doesn't mean I have a holiday home in Tuscany. I've been praying for that for a while. <laughs> But that's not necessary. It doesn't mean that I'm going to have a bank balance that I'm never going to have to worry about again. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that I'm going to go out from this service and everything's just going to be absolutely lush and incredible forever and ever and ever. 
What it does mean is that if I sink in to what God has called me to, if we sink into what God has called us to and we seek his kingdom first in all that we do, everything else will be added to it as necessary. Not as we want, but as we need. Amen? And this is the God that we worship. And as Peter wraps up this section, as we go back to First Peter, though we have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible joy for you receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Church, he's saying to us this morning that he has done it all. That our hearts have been changed and that God has freed our souls from sin and death. So let's stop taking them back there. Let's seek first his kingdom and let's allow God to do what needs to be done in our hearts and in our lives. Amen. Let's just pray. And again, let's just ask the Lord that his word might just permeate into all those parts of our lives that we try and keep secret, that we try and keep away from him, but rather that the word would settle, it would teach us and would grow us on. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this morning for your word. Father, for the truths that we read, that we have an inheritance that will never spoil or fade. Father, I ask, as difficult as it is, that we might not worry, but rather we would just seek first your kingdom. That, Father, we might not fret about things that you already have in hand. Father, that you are already willing to give us and to bless us with if we just seek you first. I pray, Lord, that in our hearts and our minds that we might make that shift, that we wouldn't pursue all of the other stuff first, but rather we would pursue you that, Father, we would make that U-turn in our lives, that we would turn and pursue all that you've got for us. Father, we thank you that you are a patient God. We thank you that you've pursued us. We thank you that, Father, you've searched us down. You've seen fit to bless us. And this morning, Lord God, we just lift your name high. And we thank you that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood set apart, all because of the work of the cross. And Father, we just thank you for all that you've got laid out for us. Just help us and strengthen us. Father, whatever position we find ourselves in this morning before you, bring a peace on our hearts that lets us know that you're in control, that you have everything in hand. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.